Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. Hello to our little corner of the world, oh, the internet, the podcast landscape. Yes, yes. Corners in many countries. Well, seriously. Yes. Apart from Australia, who's the ne- who's next cab off the rank in terms of most amount of listens? Oh, you've put me on the spot. Like, I'm not yeah, but you're good Google with... analytics. I know, but you're pretty you're close. Stats I am gal. Stats gal. I, I stalk a lot of things. I am, um, I think maybe... America? Europe and then the US. Yeah, right. I think there's a few peeps in London that may have carried on. Shout out to you guys that have carried on. Oh, yeah, that have expats. Maybe listened, yeah. Not just that, but remember we had a bit of a following. When I say following, I mean one person in Zimbabwe. Remember our friends? No, it wasn't Botswana. Oh, Botswana. (laughs) <laughs> is it Nisha? I can't remember. She would always watch our and she would always watch our Friday uh, Facebook lives that we used to do. She may have been a Kiss fan rather than a Thinker Kiss Girls FM, fan. The radio show. Do you yeah. think? Uh, this is a pod channel where we drop different shows, uh, different days of each week. Today, you have landed on the four one one, a pop culture show where we talk about things going across the world or moving across the world, moving across people's headlines and computers that we are legit interested in. Yeah, we're not going to pretend that we give two fucks about a big, the biggest story just because it's the biggest story. We have some, ha- we have some housekeeping to do at the beginning of this show. Yes, though. as always. Uh, we have announced that we are hitting the road, Jack. We are doing a national Thinker Girls live tour. We are going to Brizzy, Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney. The dates are in December. It's the second and the third weekend of December. Friday the 7th at Adelaide, Holden Street Theatre. Saturday the 8th, Melbourne, Alex Theatre, Friday the 14th of December at the Powerhouse in Brizzy and Saturday the 15th of December to cap it all off, the Giant Dwarf in Sydney. Oh yeah, we'll be home for Christmas. If you, whatever you call home, if you um, are thinking about doing a catch up with friends, maybe it's something that you can do for a point of difference, have a drink, well there'll be two ticket options, a GA option and there'll be a meet and greet option which will be slightly more expensive Um, and that's the time where you could get your photo taken, have a one-on-one chat with us before for the show. That is for show up. Tickets go on sale this coming Monday, the so Monday 22nd. the 22nd. Yeah. Get on board um, uh, from 9am. We are going to chuck everything up uh, across our socials. Thethinkergirls.com.au is where you can click through to get um, the, the ticket link through yeah. to your venue, wherever abouts in Australia. But our website is the place to be yes. where you will get redirected to where you want to go. It's a big banner. The second you get there, it'll say announce national tour, click on tickets. Very We're excited. Easy. We're excited to get out there and um, do a bit of a different live show than we've done before. Well, before it's, not... it's been a, po- a, a, podca- yeah. a live podcast and we're not doing that this year. So if you think, oh, I can't get there or uh, I'll just listen to it as a podcast, 
Sorry, you won't be able to. This is actually for the people that are paying that are coming to the show. It is a live show, not so much a podcast recording as we've done previously. It is. So you'll need to come to see it. And if not, you'll have to wait for the next show, won't you? Um, Today's 411, I want to talk about the very sad news that Cosmopolitan Australia Mm. is no longer. it's very personal for us. I, I particularly feel like I'm a part of the Cosmo family. We've become friends with many of the girls and guys that work under that that brand. And it's, um, it's an interesting day for very few styles of female-driven content in a particular way that I think a lot of us have learnt from, laughed with and gotten very comfortable with it seems like that style is getting less and less mm, like it's kind of being mm, brushed right the into space. the corner yeah. yeah yeah um i want to talk about um spice girls and why the reunion tour is not happening what why were you one of these people that thought it would yeah there have been a number of false starts when it comes to the spice girls reunion right well i'm telling you babes over the years and in particular in February, which was the first time that every single member of the Spice Girls had been photographed together since early 2008. So there are a lot of people, right, that over years, I think, you know, when you want something so bad to happen, mm-hmm. and this is so many people around the world that would be like, oh, could it happen? Could we get back together? Could there be a 10-year reunion tour? I think the more you want something to happen, the more you see something whether it be a photo of them together and you go this is it because you want to believe it so badly that you tell yourself that it could be more of a possibility than in actuality it is i'm very much on board the spice girls it was in fact it was my heyday like it's like teens for me and i just didn't get that excited did you see them at the london olympics yeah, they weren't great. No, that was the well. That was, was one of the last. The, one of the last times that they performed together. And that should be the last because they are all different, and it's time to just. It was what it was. Wait, are you sitting there across the table from me saying that you do not think the Spice Girls should do a ten-year reunion tour? Oh, I don't. Are you, think but are you, is that your advice? You're like just. Nah, stick to what you're doing, girls. Like, are you genuinely thinking that if the Spice Girls were standing in front of you going, I want your honest opinions, Dave, <laughs> do you reckon we should get together for one last time and do a bit of a tour? Are you saying, nah? So as an as advisor to them and they're all individual brands, is that what you're asking no, me? No, just in your heart of hearts as a girl that grew up watching them also. That's Not just in, as an advisor, but if they, they did a tour, would you be like, oh, that's shit, I'm not going. So as a girl, a young girl, of course you don't think as, a, as an advisor because you're not a grown-up boss bitch, are you? But as a grown-up advisor boss bitch, I would say don't do it. As a young girl, I'd be like, of course, do it. And then I'd walk away being an adult who used to be a girl, very disappointed because it isn't the same. <laughs> like they, they are – like. I'm not the same for starters. I'm not 13. So my eyes aren't rose-coloured. And then, I don't know, I think, well, then again, it would be pretty fun. I'd much prefer to go to a Spice Girls night. So say they played Spice Girls all night on the dance floor. It was like mixed in with like, because you just want to go and hear the music. But hang on, are you actually mental? Like, were you saying that you would prefer to go to a place where they play Spice Girls on a CD? 
as opposed to seeing them in real life. Oh, see Would you prefer? You're well, working in the club. Yeah, no, <laughs> Spotify, playlist, whatever. That's right. But I think, uh, yes. You prefer that? So I've got to tell oh, you a secret. No, but I've got to tune. tell you a secret. I've got to tell you a secret. And my friend is going to kill me for sharing this, but he and I are ginormous Kylie Minogue fans, as we, you know, most people. Di- not just fans. You're more than fans. You're <laughs> like diehard. She is your blood. Idols. I, yeah. You know, she's an idol. But there have been times where we've said at some particular shows, maybe they would have been the second nights we've gone, so the first night kind of adrenaline has gone, where some there's been a couple shows where she's had amazing DJs at the beginning of her uh, her concerts. Yes. And we've gone, imagine this in a show. So what do you mean? So like mixing all of her songs and doing them in these cool kind of remixes and having the same crowd there, but then it's just some form of massive dance party. But as a Kylie freak, you would think that that would be better than seeing her in real life I perform, wouldn't say better, but I definitely, if I go to that level, I really love kind of housey big party where I can just dance and whatever. Sometimes you'll get, with any performance and anyone you love, anyone, you're like, oh, this song again. I don't want to hear locomotion. Fuck off. I don't care that you do it with a brass band now and it's slower. God, this is big. This is big for you. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. So it's not like I, I, I can also have, I don't know, I just fucking grew up all of a sudden. I'm like, I know what I like and I know I've gone into things and I'm like, I just sometimes want to go out and fucking dance. And See, I'm no, like in this I am, jam GA fucking rat pack. I can't move. I am buying hardcore into the into the hype that has been the last few years and this year in particular. I think that it was the fact that their last um, performance that they did together as the Spice Girls was 2008. So I think there are a lot of people looking around the 10-year mark going, they've got to do a 10-year reunion they tour. so mine. That. So it's not like it's a live performance anyway. Well... I would still go. I would and you still, want, but just you like want somebody to that mine. goes to, yes, and someone that would like if, you, I, if <laughs> I was in if I was in Vegas, I'd be going to a Britney Spears show. You know what I mean? Knowing yeah, that she doesn't. Different. Like, how is that possible? How is Britney different to the Spice Girls? No, a Vegas show is different. I would go to see the Spice Girls in Vegas for sure. What's you can't put all these different rules. You're like, I would, but no. I would, but no. But this, I would. I think you either want it to happen or you don't, don't you? Well, I'm sorry, but I'm just not that simple. Okay, so I would definitely be buying in like an absolute dickhead to the to the hype because I am just – and it's a different take because you're going, it's sad that it's not what it used to be, you know, that, that sense of like – I don't know, when you were younger and buying into that nostalgia and there's part of you that when – that's why I end up in black holes in the internet when I see, you know, these clickbaity articles like of child stars with the headline, Macaulay Culkin does not look like this anymore. And there's part of you that clicks on it like a sicko to be like, how gross does he look now or what's happened to his face? But then also part of you that feels really heartbroken and sad because you're like – you remember this time when thing life was easier it's the, and it was it's better, same, you know, like when the, you... It's sw- the same as friendships that you need to let go. Like, you know, those ones that you're like, remember when we were in high school and then we, you know, snuck out in year 10 or whatever and then you're at 40 and you're looking across the room at this girl, a Christmas catch-up and you're like, 
I have nothing in Because it's kind of like that pop culture thing too when you think of like a movie that you used to watch when you were a kid and then you watch it as an adult and you're like, this is shit. Yes. It's ruined. Every kind of... I I know, but I still... that would happen. But I still... You know what? For $200 a pop. I feel like the Spice Girls are big enough where the sadness wouldn't come in. True. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think for movies or other bits and pieces where you attach that, oh my God, we used to watch this Christmas movie when we were kids and then, you know, you do it with your own kids down the track and you still feel this sense of sadness and nostalgia that you're not a child anymore and Christmas isn't magic but then I feel like the Spice Girls I feel like the Spice Girls are big enough that I would go with my sister and we because I just think so vividly about summers growing up with her where we would grow up super tight that we would make up routines like running out in the sprinklers you know how you remember Memories you were, as you, remember, you associate the sprinklers with the spice right, Memories girls. as photos and I have a photo in my brain, a series of photos that we are out in summer and running through the sprinklers in our backyard because we lived at the end of a court. So we had this triple backyard mm-hmm. as kids, which was amazing. And we would pump the Spice Girls and our friend Sky from next door would come over and we would make up all these dance routines and have fights about who was what Spice Girl. And even though I would had brunette, I was a brunette, so I probably should have been, you know, Mel B or Mel C. I never was because I was the oldest, so I got to say first that I was Baby Spice, which made no sense. <laughs> but I just think of that time and I'm like, that is just such a, a time of innocence and especially I think my, I associate with that with my sister. Yeah. Maybe that's why I feel so fondly about it. That if I would go again with anybody, I wouldn't feel overcome with the sadness of, oh, that time. We're never I think gonna the get FOMO back. would get my 200 bucks. Don't get me wrong. Do I suggest that they do it? No. But would I be the one sitting on the sidelines saying I, I'm going to pass this? Probably not. Do you, well, but I, I, in high school it's funny because – Everybody, we didn't get to be one in high school because it was in year nine and there was a group of girls, five French, like girls from across the year level. So they weren't in one friendship group that must have done some performance at drama at the school assembly as the Spice Girls, Mm -hmm. right? So then they became the entire girls' school Spice Spice Girls. Oh, my god! And everyone almost, like, couldn't be one because you weren't baby. You were that girl at school. Say her name was Sarah. You weren't really baby. It was like you wanted to be the Sarah. It took over the school. It was bizarre. And now I think back, we all love the music, but every single party – Every single place we'd go, every assembly for the next three years. There was the fake Spice Girls. The faux <laughs> Australia Spice Girls. Oh, well, babes. I mean, because obviously this isn't going to happen and um, you're going to froth the reason why when I tell you in a minute because uh, Bex has spoken to Australian Vogue. I really want to also, sorry, but I really want to put up on our page a photo and of expose that. the Ave Maria's. Well, I was just about to say, because this shit isn't getting up with the legitties, so we may as well get the bloody faux Spice Girls to come in and do some kind of rendition. And they were shocking. <laughs> As bad as the Spice Girls are I actually think, singing. Of course, Mel B was no, white because Mel- I went like <laughs> in the suburbs, Melbourne. There was, pro- I don't even know if there was not a, much a racial diversity. Bla- yeah, yeah. They, they weren't in this group, so it was like it was it was bad. I think the most racial diverse was that she was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great, and so and they just none of them looked anything no. like. Well, you didn't need to. I, I was, I was baby both. spice. Yeah, I think like, if I was, if I was dick. honest, I probably would have chosen her too. Yeah, just, just because looking. she was the cutest one. Just like I decided I was Cameron Diaz in Charlie's Angels. It's like no, bitch, you're much more like Lucy Liu. Yet I still fought it. 
Anyway, let me tell you the reason why because I don't talk around in circles about the nostalgia of this shit but haven't actually told you why. So the reason that the Spice Girls are never getting back together, you can look to one person and one person only, Victoria Beckham. Right. She has spoken to... She's the smart one. She's spoken to Australian Vogue and she actually said, you can blame Sir Elton John as to why we're not getting back together. How's this, right? She said... That while they were touring the US in early 20, uh, 2008, so it's 10 years ago now, she was struck by the passion and enjoyment that Elton John still had for his songs, that he would have sung time after time, year after year. And she said, a couple of nights later after seeing him, we were on stage performing at the Madison Square Gardens as the Spice Girls. And she said, this is, this is I quote her, she said, I, I almost feel like it's a waste to be given this opportunity I appreciate the time I've had with the girls, but I don't have what Elton can have after all of these years. Mm. There's nothing else there other than the fact that my kids were in the audience and they wanted to see Mum as the Spice Girls. But she said, apart from that, oh, I was done. Like I'd reached a cap. So that's when I, think I knew. it's really brave to say it that was too. Time, because it was time to move on. Think about the money she could make. Think about all the things that she could. I know, I know she doesn't need any. Like they're incredibly wealthy. But... I just, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people would choose to do that that's quite selfish. I think in some ways that's kind of, you know, being the mature approach and it doesn't mean it needs to be done. Just because it can be doesn't mean it should be. Well, this is it. This is furiously looking for I know. I can see you scrolling around for the faux bloody (laughs) (laughs) Faye Maria's Fox Girls. Um, But I, I think... I think ever since that photo was put up in February and Bex was asked about that, she said, I had lunch with the Spice Girls, you know, earlier this year and everybody was spiralling out of control and I had my lawyer telling me that I had to beat down stories that were completely ludicrous and I was reminded of how awful it was to be in that space. Yeah, right. Where people are constantly – and not just that, but the rumours that came out afterwards as to the reason why because I feel like – then they oh, say someone because then they the say po- the yes, posh yeah. is the reason that the Spice Girls aren't getting back together. And remember when everyone was losing their fucking shit back in February when it was that first photo in ten years that you know they'd bloody just gone out for lunch or a catch up. And after that, there were there were rumours as to why that the band wasn't getting back together, and everybody was pointing the finger at Victoria Beckham. Mm. And I don't know about you or. This is just me that thinks this. But for some reason, I always feel like Mel B, i.e. Scary Spice, is more the one out of anybody driving to get everybody back together. Do you ever feel that? Yeah, a little bit. Because she's more vocal around, I don't know whether it's just we see more of her in the Aussie media. Have you watched, have you watched a lot of the, um, if you go, you can get into a pretty hardcore Google hole if you start to watch the interviews um, about what happened between Jerry and Mel B. No. So when Jerry left, Mel B and Jerry were incredibly close. Yeah. They were like the besties of, everyone had their probably yeah, their yeah, version yeah, of the yeah. besties. And Jerry left without telling Mel B because she just felt like she couldn't <gasps> do, make that decision. Oh, yeah. It would have been too loaded. And Mel B didn't speak to her. And it was really hard. And she was saying that um, that Jerry was like, it's, you know, you become such, and, and we can identify with that, of becoming such a one product. Yes. It's very hard to then think about yourself and what those As needs are. As an individual. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah, said okay. she needed to just separate to be able to, to figure that out. 
And but Mel B saw that as you know you can't do this to me, and Jerry was like, well, I actually I have to remind you we're separate people, and I can, and it's not about you, it's about what I feel. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cosmopolitan, the Australian magazine and online presence, so the digital brand of Cosmopolitan has um, has closed as of today. Yes. So I'm not sure when they they found out the news. Um, you know, everybody in the office. We have some friends there, so I understand they didn't find out too much earlier than when we found mm. out. Um, and safe to say, as that often they happen, as often happens, gutted, with big things like that. Gutted. Mm. Um, you get an inkling. It was when I remember that. The CEO stopped looking at us in the eye, mm. and and I when we're at Kiss FM, you yeah, mean? and all yeah. of a sudden afterwards, I was like, he was always so friendly, and we always got along, and then all of a sudden, like sometimes we had to prep for our show, and we couldn't get him out of our like our prep, and room. then that stopped incredibly and then it just suddenly, stopped, didn't yeah. it? And so you've, I think there's things where you know things are turning, but it's very scary to admit, and very, what's the point of but starting I think to the, pa- get paranoid about that stuff? I think at the time you don't really realize. Well, I didn't. You were probably a bit more onto it, but I. I would have been like, oh, he's probably just busy or it's probably just a random and I thing think we haven't seen him. But in hindsight. It's a fuel of yeah. my anxiety because I think I'm very hyper aware. Um, and so then you are constantly having these like weird things at the back of your mind that you're not really trying to focus on, but you feel something. So then you're anxious and you don't really know why. Mm. Bizarre. Um, so in, in, instincts and gut can actually also be quite um, hard, and I, I was going to say it's a treasure, but a curse. It by the sound is, of it. and it's also, and I think even if you don't know, even if you're not that hyper aware, I guess I reckon subconsciously a lot of people are still sensing that there's a something uneasy about the energy, mm. and I reckon we're all we're all walking home out of that energy or that um, office environment, knowing without knowing we know. Mm. I do think that there's. You can be hyper aware, but I think you can still be affected by it without you necessarily being aware. And and it's a really awful place to be. Redundancies for anybody is is a really um, yucky part, especially if you love your job and you're and you're invested in it um, in a in a way that some jobs don't require. And this again, a lot of the people are creatives. I've got to say really straight up front, publishing doesn't pay very well, you know. So a lot of these people were incredibly talented, incredibly invested in the brand as their own and not, you know, on the outside as we've tried to share on this show, 
the outside, everything seems very glossy and Cosmopolitan is an incredibly strong brand. But behind the scenes, it seemed, you know, they started to lose a lot of their staff. So a lot of the the staff had to take on several jobs. They were working their ass off. Mm. So whilst you could kind of see that it was starting to get smaller, mm. the people that stayed there put more in. Yeah, and to compensate. And that's why today is devastating for them. I think... What do you think it is about? Is it just the industry in general, especially where we stand here now at 2018? It's incredibly um, un- uncertain and unsure and, and that... Um, I think media. The, the, yeah, media in general. Things are shifting, things are changing, people's spending habits. Like, you know, 10 years ago, buying, you know, a couple of magazines at, you know, seven bucks a pop would have been a really commonplace activity. Yeah, if you put in your budget when you were 26 or 22. Whereas these days as we stand at 2018, I mean, we sit right in that that target demographic of people that would be buying Cosmopolitan magazine or any magazine, to be honest. And, And if I'm really truthful... Am I buying mags on the reg? I think I, I got to say, you like, I th- well, I changed. I think I, I, you know, people are looking for longer form content, and the way that the magazine was set up was that real old school mag style. You know, you've got this kind of pop size article, you've got these pictures, all that kind of stuff. Whereas I suppose now, if I, if you've got something in your hand. The long form article definitely, I think, because some magazines that have still lasted the distance yeah. are certainly those types of writers and articles are seem to be something people are still willing to invest in. Well, I suppose it's a this point kind of, of difference. It's a point of difference to the bite size stuff you're getting online. Is that what you mean? I think so because yeah. I think Cosmo is very like the style they do has very well been taken over by digital for that brand in particular. But what I want to say, which I have found sad about the way that media report media um, axes or or, uh, failures or, you know, um, legal suits or all kinds of things, there's a particular couple of sites that I subscribe to that I get emailed probably more than once a day where headlines and things will come through so I can stay up to date. But it is really sad when you see um, other brands really use these opportunities for to just and to be really incredibly insensitive it's bizarre but one of the um bylines you know i've, I've already spoken on this show and I've, I've and i was saying to you before we recorded um i don't like the word axing like you know so it's everywhere it's cosmopolitan magazine axed the thinker girls axed it's all incredibly axed. aggressive Very and it was used on. it was used in almost every single article that was about um when, when our show um, ended. I don't know if there's any need for it. I think it's a um, dramatization that's so you can tell the story without the word. I don't really get it. Like there was obviously a very considered business decision behind what they did. So I, to say that it's axed makes the people that have lost their job feel like a decision was made yesterday. But I also understand that clickbaity we need to be. I don't know, not insensitive, but just getting the most amount of fucking clicks and interaction on shit that we can. And it looks way more dramatic. I think you can. To say that word. I think you can get a click that Cosmopolitan has closed and closed its doors for good or find a few words that are not that. I really do think you can find a way. And if you don't have the team to be able to find a way, then get better writers. Like, I think it's lazy. So I do. I, I don't agree. I think there's ways for you to get the same result without being assholes. 
Um, and this byline, again, made me cringe a bit. It's, it says, um, in sad news today, the great cosmopolitan is no more with Bauer bosses calling time on its sex tips and lippy choices. Oh. And I wanted to just say how much I resent that description of a brand that essentially has educated us women from the day dot. Mm. You know, Dolly was there as well and, and there have been magazines that were the only way for women to be able to find any form of voice in sexual empowerment, in figuring out how to negotiate at work, in in what to wear to job interviews, real practical skill sets that I know have definitely helped me over the years be um, more of a formidable force as a woman and as a person that works in business and in relationships. And I just find it really, really offensive mm. that the storylines will be put to the fact that that was really all they did. It's, mm. That's not true. It's not true at all. And and the sealed sections were incredibly important, inform, informative parts of our culture and the way that we got information. It was not our fault that we were not allowed to find it in conversation or with our mothers or with our friends or even with our partners because it wasn't cultural in this country and in many countries for us to feel like we were able to identify as any form of sexual being hence the fact it needed to be fucking sealed but at least it was somewhere to go Mm. like how dare you kind of trivialize those lessons for us and and put Put something like it was just such a shrug. I think, I think the, I think the issue, and we we found that with ourselves, even trying to, I don't know, when we when we started the radio show, and I know I keep going back to that, but it's the way of relating to it because we so often came up against that. Oh, you're the sex girls. Yeah, you talk about the sex stuff. It's like, well, whilst that's a part of what we do, it's not all of it. But yeah. I think, I think. Because at the same time, was there sex, you know, that headline that you've just read, I agree, it's BS, but was Cosmo a place for sex tips? Yes. Was it a place for lipstick choices? Yes. But was that only a section of what they did over the over the decades that they had existed? I think... I think that's the problem sometimes where it's like you don't want to stand there and deny it all because I think there was a place where we would get a bit defensive and be a bit like, well, that was when we first started, we did the sex stuff. We don't do that anymore. It's like, well, you you just don't want to be boxed in by it being the sole sole thing, the sole purpose. I think with Cosmo too, the sex stuff is really important that it it is celebrated. You know, the sex stuff for us was a snippet of our brand. But in terms of Cosmopolitan, it goes back, you know, 10, 20 years where, like I was saying, sex wasn't discussed. So instead of looking at it like it was one part and then celebrating all of the other bits and pieces, I'm actually saying that the sex stuff ought to be celebrated because that's actually where we got our education from. Well, it makes it sound like a dirty thing, the way they've written it in that byline. And I just think, God, we're in 2018. There's a lot of people that had a lot of benefit from that content. And and today when they close the doors and we think back to a very uh, big brand uh, and something that I suppose for a lot of us played a, a, a poignant part in our teens or in our 20s or whatever – that there's just better ways to tell a fucking story. Mm. There's just better ways to show respect to people that work there now and have worked in the past. And 
I just think people need to be a bit better. I think especially people that work in media too. You know, there should almost be some kind of sense of camaraderie or more respect knowing that you work in media and you're, you know, trying to support your own website or your own business. You know, by seeing another person within that same space fall on hard times and shit times and knowing, you know what I mean, that your job could be just as replaceable or, or fall apart just as easily. It it does seem a little bit, um, I don't know, it seems a bit um more savage because the people that are writing it are in a similar kind of game. And I think you're right. I agree. And, and I think it's at a place where because it is so... Um, such a rocky time for the media industry. Everyone's turning on each other. You know, we're all trying to evolve. Everybody's trying to figure out where the voice is, where it sits, how you monetize it, how you create longevity, how you create good content. You know, everybody's trying to figure it out. And some people are going to take a hit. I don't know where we where we get so aggressive. Other industries don't turn on each other like this. Like other industries all kind of see themselves as working in the same field and you meet someone maybe in in a medical field or you meet somebody maybe in I don't know um project management or whatever and you you almost have this camaraderie whereas in media Mm. everyone turns away from Mm. each other everybody tries to big someone up it's fucked do you think it's because it's more competitive like there is this idea of like having to clamber to the top in a way. So it's like, oh, well, they've folded. We've got to be savage and write the, mo- the most savage headline we can to get the most amount of clicks. Well, I consider um, our brand and myself quite successful and I don't feel like I've had to do that. I've, you know, mm. there's never been a time on our radio show or on this podcast or podcast channel or on any of the other shows I've worked on or mm. commented on or wrote for that I've ever felt like I've needed to pull someone down to put myself up, mm. ever. And I would consider myself a fairly successful person in the industry. I don't know, like, mm. you know. Who was I listening to the other day? Oh, I can't remember who it was now. But some big celeb that was in Australia, was it Joel Edgerton? I don't know. Don't quote me. I can't remember. But it was some A-lister talking about how savage Australian media, um, the false reporting, how savage the paparazzi is even more so than other countries Mm. when they come here. And I think sometimes we live in this kind of microcosm where things are done a particular way and that's always the way they have to be done Mm. without any kind of – understanding that it doesn't have to be a savage you know that we just all get a bit commonplace and it's like any kind of relationship if there's bad behavior or things are done a bit of a shit way but that's the only way you know you kind of just come to expect that that's the way the media works oh well we'll just tear people to shreds and you know that's what I'm used to seeing on my news feed and that's but what I you found get with a, an industry that's predominantly run by men yeah but I found it mega interesting that I was like oh I, even as somebody that works and has worked in the media industry for for most of my life in Australia, I never really had much of a concept that there was any kind of difference or more for, uh, uh, ferocity in our industry v the media industry anywhere else in the world. And I think even without having that measuring system of we're worse than in America or we're worse than the UK or whatever, I just think in all areas of our jobs or in all areas in our lives – there's just ways to be successful and make money without being an asshole. Mm. I just, mm. like you just can come back to being a good person. 
I just don't get it. So Vale Cosmopolitan, congratulations to all of the mm-hmm. things um, that you have taught us and given us. And thank you in particular to the team that is currently yeah, the Cosmo you brand. You have been such big supporters of our show and what we do. And I'm sad that it ended before we really got to show our true colours of you know, working together in the ways we all, I suppose, dreamed mm. um, because, yeah, publishing's tough right now and, mm. and obviously a lot of our friends have lost their jobs. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know, make sure that you go onto their page and, and let them know that, that you were a fan and that you loved them and I'm sure those types of things helped. They certainly helped us when, yeah, when we had the carpet ripped under us. But as we know, you survive, you move on mm. and in the industry you get fired and you're probably going to get fired again. <laughs> Savage. Fuck well. But that's the way it is. Do you like this episode? You can rate it. You can subscribe to it. It helps us get the word out there because potentially there is maybe even a very good friend of yours that you froth this channel and they have no freaking idea that it exists. Likely. They have six years worth of podcasts to go back and listen to. So please pass it on, press subscribe and uh, on your way. Yes. uh, Our live show tickets go on sale Monday the 22nd of October. Head to thethinkergirls.com.au or there'll be a specific tickets link in our show notes. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. If you like that podcast, there's heaps more where it came from. Go to thethinkergirls.com.au and go through all of our oldie apps. Dare ya. This podcast is presented by Stacey June and Christy Mercer. It's also produced by me, Stacey June, and produced and edited by Jordan Lott. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.